Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering your favorite football team every single day. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. I'm Johnson Sports Guy Hickman, the other half of the Locked On Texans duo. This is your daily Texans talking news update, and this episode is brought to you by none other than Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how we watch this season. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans, which are you and I and your Uncle Bubba, who you don't really see, we're the true and real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. It's hump day and we're back after missing yesterday's show with another Locked On Texans podcast where you can find all the you can find the podcast on all of the major podcasting platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, and Spotify. Big news from yesterday that we couldn't get to, and that is the Texans is back in the news regarding their GM and head coach search, uh, searching process with the news of who is all a part of the Texan search party. And that includes Tony Dungy, Jimmy Johnson, Andre Johnson, Rod Graves, and Spurs CEO R.C. Buford, uh, which is costing Cal McNair roughly around $1 million. So we're going to get into that today. Uh, but first, I thought it was very important, and so did Cody. He really kind of spearheaded this conversation uh, regarding Bill O'Brien and some of the guys that was either drafted or signed under his tenure that has cost Houston games and overall just been bad management. So we're going to kick off this show, listeners, with the discussion of how Bill O'Brien's fingerprints are still very evident and has shown throughout this entire season after week four. And what's funny to me, going back to the game on Sunday when the Texans lost 26 to 20 against the Indianapolis Colts, either it was a guy that he signed to a long-term contract or a guy he drafted or, or anything like that, you know, it more so the guys that he signed. When you take a look at the list of players who are quote unquote responsible for the results that took place on Sunday, we all know what happened with Nick Martin. We're not about to go into too much details with that. You take a look at Whitney Merciless. He possibly had the least productive game of his career, arguably the worst game of his career, finishing the game with the equal amount of tackles as you and I, John, and listeners combined. You take a look at the money that he gave Randall Cobb as of right now. Cobb is not available to the Texans because he's dealing with a toe injury. You take a look at the guy that he brought in, Eric Murray. You remember the blown coverage that he gave to Jonathan Taylor in that first half. That is part of the reason why the Indianapolis Colts was able to continue having a lead throughout that game. And then you take a look at Kahimi Fairbear. You know, he's not the worst kicker in the league, but he's far from the best and he actually missed a a very crucial field goal as well so you take a look at every single guy that I mentioned 
you know, it, with the exception of Randall Cobb, I don't want to say he's responsible for this loss because, I mean, how can you be responsible for a loss in a game that you did not play? But you do got to take into effect that this guy is making some pretty good money. But as of right now, he's not available due to injury. But you take a look at every single guy that I mentioned. Bill O'Brien had faith in. Bill O'Brien was speaking highly about doing training camp. Every single one of those guys disappointed this team one way or another. Then you look at another guy who was literally in his doghouse for not just the first four games of this season under his tenure, but you go back to last season as well in Kiki Cutie, who finished the game with 141 yards on eight catches. So I'm happy that we're talking about this now because everyone knows that the Texans throughout these past, I'm going to say past 24 months, taking it all the way back to the Jadavion Clowney situation, which that's probably the only good thing Bill O'Brien saved the Texans from is paying that guy who has not been the same since he walked out the door at NRG Stadium. But everyone knows how mismanaged the Houston Texans have been. And I wanted to talk about that today because in the next segment, we're going to discuss why this is a pretty qualified, a pretty legit committee that Cal McNair has put together to make sure that he does not make the mistakes that can not only ruin the career of Deshaun Watson, but also ruin his franchise as well. Yeah, so I look at it when we we take a look at, you mentioned Sunday's game against the Colts, and then we kind of go back from day one of the season. I, I look at it like this. We've had issues uh, regarding what Bill O'Brien did starting when Brian Gain was fired that it continuously showed. It showed last year, but the team was just so much more better than everybody in the AFC South at the time outside of the Tennessee Titans who caught hot at the right time that um, it was kind of too late for Tennessee to catch up. But remember, Tennessee finished right behind Houston, won the last game of the year, although a lot of our players and our starters were sitting out. But they were a very good team, and they went to the AFC uh, conference game. But you mentioned Whitney Merciless. And the top 11 players, paid players on the Texans roster, in the top 11 Players that have had moments this year over the course of multiple games where you may scratch your head and say, why are you even signed to this team now? Top 11. And number five is Whitney Merciless. He makes $12 million next year. And I'm going off with the This year's over with, right? We can't really cry too much about this year. But it, what's funny is, Bill O'Brien affects this year and he can possibly affect next year as well. So at number five, you have Zach, I'm sorry, uh, at number five, you have Whitney Merciless. And then four slots later, you have Nick Martin. And then two slots later, you have Eric Murray. Those are three out of the top 11 contracts for Houston that you make, you scratch your head a lot and say, is this guy even on the field or what's going on? Or how have you been in the league this long? You're the fifth highest paid center. You're having problems with snaps like this in crucial moments. Why are we paying you a lot of money when you're not even using some of the skill set that your coach early on in the season boasted about 
when I talk about Wendy Merciless. Early in the season, uh, new linebacker coach Rump said that I think he was just struggling a little bit trying to get in shape for the for the first two games. I get it. Understand COVID knocked everybody off, and I understand that. Uh, but then he continued to be continued to say that he has to be perfect with his technique, and he thought he would, and that the and, and that moving forward, Wendy Merciless would get better. He's had a moment here, there, but overall, he hasn't had too many moments. Also, when we look at the top 11 players, J.J. Watt is at number two. Now, that is granted from what J.J. Watt did a long time ago. So that's not that's not something I'm going to bring up against what Bill O'Brien has affected. But number seven for next year is Randall Cobb at $10.6 million. And it's evident that we didn't need to sign him when we had QT on the bench in the doghouse for a year and a half, two years, and he's had the same effect. Randall Carver hasn't had over 100 yards. Now, granted, those yards came with Will Fuller being out, and I understand that completely, but he's a very dynamic player that Randall Carver is just not anymore. And then right under Randall Carver at 10.6, you have David Johnson, who's due to make $9 million next year. That's also a part of the effects that Bill O'Brien had when he made that trade. So he's costing the Texans in, in many different ways. Number one, he's costing the Texans because they're overpaid a lot of players. And the pay difference between the offense and defense speaks to some of the issues we've had with this team on multiple levels. First, like I said, we've had the discussion of players getting overpaid for the production that they're putting out there since Chris Olsen was fired, who was a cap manager. Once that has happened, we've seen deals, even Zach Cunningham. Zach Cunningham has looked like, even though he leads the AFC in tackles, um, and I think he's top three in the NFL in tackles. At one point, he was number one. Uh, there's still been moments where he's cost Houston a first down in crucial moments. He's cost Houston maybe a touchdown because of his lack of coverage, and he has not gotten better with over time since being in the league. And then that also speaks to the offense is making way more money compared to what the defense is getting overall. So let me give you guys that number and what I'm speaking of. When I look at the Texans offense, they are, for 2020, they account for $100 million. When I look at the defense, $79 million. And what has lacked overall this year? The defense can't stop. Can't, can't stop a nosebleed, can't get off the field in crucial moments outside of the last three games where the defense has had very good moments. But they've sunk in so much money into the offense, whether it was not needed, i.e. Randall Cobb, whether you overpay, i.e. Nick Martin. When you when I look at Randall Cobb, you had Kiki QT on the bench, still on his rookie contract. So that money could have went to where? The defense. And I'm bringing that up because with the offense getting that much more money compared to the defense, almost a $21 million split, it shows the fact that you didn't take into account of how much your defense needed help, how much your defense needed players that can make plays. You didn't take a look at that because you didn't spend. And when you did, you spent it on players, no disrespect, like Eric Murray, who was never a real playmaker in the league. And when you have a season like you had last year, you go up 24-0 or the eventual Super Bowl champs. You go into the offseason. Cody, what would you expect that you want to do? You want to get better at every position. You want to add key guys. You want to bring in playmakers. 
and you didn't do that. And the fact that you didn't do that and you also overpaid for it and the fact that you could have kept some of that money and then gave that money to DeAndre Hopkins, but and yet you traded DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson, who now you owe $9 million next year on top of the 12.5 you owe him this year, and he's not producing at all. That alone speaks to the lack of continuity in the front office, but the lack of sense that was made going into all of these decisions, nearly a $21 million difference between the defense and offense. And on every level of the defense, you have a player that's overpaid. But what about the money that they actually could have split and gave, gave to guys like Tayshawn Gibson and DJ Reader? You just finished talking about it. (laughs) You know, the offense is making a hell of a lot more than the defense. I also want to say this before moving on. Between Whitney Merciless, Zach Cunningham, and Eric Murray, all three of those guys will be making a combined $27 million next season. DeAndre Hopkins alone will be making somewhere between, I believe, 13 to $14 million because that two-year extension that he signed doesn't kick in until the 2022 season. So, John and listeners, you guys do the math, and you let me know who would you rather spend the $27 million on. And that is why it is extremely important for Cal Magnero to work very closely with the five people that he hired to be a part of his committee search. Funny enough, when we have this discussion, I'm going to bring up the word culture a lot because at this point, and that word has, have, has came up in conversation when discussing the Houston Texans a lot within the past month or so, right? Culture this, they want to have a better culture. Actually, the entire season. I can't wait to discuss that word because that word has been thrown around with absolutely no meaning. But let me tell you something about culture. Culture of discipline. Culture of setting yourself up to be a better version of yourself, right? And with that, we're all humans, Cody. Listeners at home, we're all humans and we all want something to make us feel good. Now, the culture of discipline when it comes to working out and becoming a better version of yourself health-wise, that's an everyday struggle for a lot of us. Stay disciplined with Built Bar Bars. Why? Well, they have 18 amazing flavors, including the caramel brownie cookies and cream, which is my favorite, and the lemon almond cheesecake. 12 original flavors like the coconut, almond, raspberry, and peanut butter. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate and soft, easy to chew. Bill Bar is great for the health conscious guy. The discipline I'm mentioning, guys, if you're one of those men, if you're one of those women that like to stay up to date about what's healthy and what's not, Bill Bar is great for you. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Great for a keto diet, again, with six new flavors, along with the 12 original ones. I wouldn't tell you guys this if I didn't try it myself. You also get a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. Go to billboard.com and use promo code locked on and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code locked on for 20% off at billboard.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Locked On Texans, only on the Locked On Podcast Network. Cody Davis Johnson, sports guy Hickman. Tomorrow is the big day, John. You ready? The Locked Over crossover show with Locked On Bears. So John is going to discuss and oh, tease yeah. oh, that. Yes. <laughs> yes. We have Deshaun Watson, and the Bears are going through this quarterback fiasco. And first and foremost, let me just say, 
speaking of the quarterback fiasco, I'm going to be real quick with this. That is good for the Philadelphia Eagles because you should have kept Nick Foles, the guy Gosh. who brought you the championship. Can we not now, do of this? course, that is another conversation for another day. All I know, that's good for the Eagles. But, of course, today we're going to talk about the five guys that – Cal McNair actually went out and hired to be a part of his committee search because we all know that this is by far, like I say, almost every single day here on this show, this is by far the most important offseason in Texans history because whoever you bring in is basically going to summarize and basically going to either help or hurt the career of Deshaun Watson, his quote-unquote legacy here with the Houston Texans. And John, listeners, I don't know about you guys, but I believe that this is going to turn out to be one of the best moves Cal Magnair has ever made. And I say that because when you take a look at the five guys that he has brought in to help with his search with the general manager and head coaching role, every single one of these guys, with the exception of Andre Johnson, but everybody knew Johnson was going to be a part of this committee one way or another. But when you take a look at those other four guys, they are high-character people, well-respected within their sport, well-respected around the sports world. And the most important thing, all four of those other guys have been a part of a winning franchise, a winning culture for the majority of their career. Now, I do want to take a moment and talk about R.C. Bruford. You know, there was a lot of people saying, you know, why would he bring in R.C. Bruford, you know, he's the CEO of the San Antonio Spurs. That doesn't make sense. He does not have a football background. I get all that, but I understand why he did it. Because he has been making personnel decisions since 1997, which means he has put together one of the most successful franchises in sports over the last 25 years. The only other organizations that I can honestly say have had either the equal amount of success or a little bit more success are the New England Patriots, the Los Angeles Lakers, the New York Yankees. So RC may not be a football guy, but he knows how to lay down a successful foundation that can actually build this organization into something they have been dreaming about for a very long time. So I'm not going to dwell on RC Buford. He has done an amazing job with the San Antonio Spurs, but I think the, the best thing about this entire search firm it's Jimmy Jackson and Tony Dungy and Andre Johnson. So you have the first black NFL coach to win a Super Bowl and Tony Dungy. And then you have Jimmy Johnson, who, if not for the beef between him and Jerry Jones, because of who because of who Jerry Jones is, the Cowboys probably would have had a better and bigger run uh, if it wasn't for him getting fired. And then you have Andre Johnson, one of the Texans' greatest players in their franchise history, also involved in helping Houston uh, find their next GM and coach. And I love that because for two reasons. I love it and I also hate it. But I love it because you're spending a million dollars that doesn't affect what Houston can do on the field. That's great. Kyle McNair, you have the money, spend it. And you're admitting that, okay, where I am today, I have no clue about football. I may know how to run a business, 
But in that business, there's a huge part, and that's winning games. And I don't know a lot about winning games in football. I didn't play the sport. I'm not a coach. I'm not one of the assistants. I'm not any of those. I'm an owner. And so I need to bring in football like-minded men, personnel that can see a decision, make the decision, and then it makes sense for the betterment of the team. And I like that. I gave you guys the accolades of Tony Dungy, Jimmy Johnson, Andre Johnson, the whole nine. And, and, and I like the fact that he's willingly spending money to get better. And so now you have three different minds that can come together and say, this worked in this era, this worked in this era, this worked while I was playing on the field. And then now you add in R.C. Buford to say, well, since I've came into my own respective league, I've seen three types of generational talents. I've seen the the uh, the Tim Duncan. I've seen the the Tony Parkers and Manu. I've seen the Kawhi Leonard's. I've seen all of these different generational talents in three different generations. And with time comes difference, but it doesn't necessarily mean you can't take that different player and tailor something to make it work for the betterment of your franchise. Because ultimately, I mentioned Tim Duncan, I mentioned Manu and Tony Parker, I mentioned Kawhi. What do they all have in common? An NBA championship. And they all have in common a steady head coach in Greg Popovich that knew what the hell he was doing night in and night out. That's also what Tony Dungy was. That's also what Jimmy Johnson was. And now you have Andre Johnson, who is the role of the player in a sense. I played and I still have connections to a lot of these guys that are on the team. And I know what they're going through and I hear them. So he can be that liaison for the players and the upper management. And I love that because now you're completely removing two people out of the way that have screwed up big time. That's Jack Easterby and that's Cal McNair. So kudos to Cal for, underst- Cal for understanding that I'm not smart at this. I'm going to bring in guys that are. Now, why that bothers me is you fire Bill O'Brien four weeks into the season. Okay, great move, actually. We got rid of that toxic relationships relationship. But Jack Easterby is still around. And since we fired Bill O'Brien and before we fired Bill O'Brien, the word culture came up a lot, like too much. You wasn't bringing guys back because you didn't like the effect that they had on the culture that you're trying to create. Uh, this guy didn't match the personnel of the culture that you're trying to build here in Houston, which is a lot, which is a, a lot of reasons why I believe we didn't see QQQT because of, because of how he is, whatever that means, right? We, that like there was no, especially seeing him since he started to get some playing time and more snaps, there was really no real reason why we didn't see him before. And so that culture word that was being thrown around was a smoke and mirror for we don't know what the hell we're doing. We don't. And Cal McNair delegated all of, all of the powers to one man and he knew what to do in the field, but he didn't know what to do in the front office. And when guys tried to challenge him or question him, because if I'm your coworker, the culture should be still holding one another accountable in order to get the ultimate job accomplished. And when Bill O'Brien had all of that power that was given to him, if I don't like what you're saying, you're out of here, buddy. So that was a part of the culture. 
And now we're understanding that because you brought in a firm, by the way, this is also noteworthy. I wanted to bring up the Lions and Falcons won't use a searching firm to lead their searches, which speaks to me. There hasn't been a football mind in the front office since, since Bill O'Brien was fired, which speaks more to me that he was given all the power by Cal because there was no one else left to delegate duties to. They were all fired and replaced by Jack Easterby. There was never a culture problem. That just wasn't a culture. When you have to bring in five guys, well, four guys, because I would count Andre Johnson a part of Houston's uh, nucleus. When you have to bring in four outside guys, one from a completely different sport and organization, it's just a big, a big sign that says, we have no clue what the hell we're doing. The Lions and Falcons know more about football than we do. Please help us. The Lions have been cursed for the last 30 years. The Falcons are the 28-3 blown lead team that continues to blow, to blow leads. But yet and still, they won't hire a coaching searching firm. They know at least about football. Nobody in this front office knew about football. Nobody knew it made sense, at least in the front office. Now, on the field, Romeo Cornell has done a very great job, and he has allowed his coordinators to grow under him. That's not We're not giving him a lot of credit for that as well. The coordinators are doing a very good job, uh, at least the bigger coordinator, like the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator, Anthony Weaver and Tim Kelly. They have done a very good job of growing, but when we look at that searching firm, it just screams – we have no clue. Come help us. We talked about the players getting overpaid. We've talked about Bill O'Brien's fingers still being embedded in this team. We've talked about the coaching general manager searching firm that Houston is going through and paying right now. But uh, last week, Will Fuller and Bradley Roby both got suspended six games, which includes one next year because of PD use. And then now what we've learned after yesterday is A.J. Bouye, former Texan cornerback, is also facing a possible suspension as well because of the same thing. And all three men all stated that they trusted someone that maybe they shouldn't have trusted. And I don't find that to be a coincidence. I feel like in the matter of seven days, is happening and we're, we're all hearing the same reason or excuse behind it rather that you should have trusted somebody you didn't know that this was a part of the NFL's uh, ban list. I still put blame on the players because at this point as a professional making this type of money, uh, I think some things are called upon for you to do your own research on because you know how it can affect your team. Um, but AJ Bouye is now facing that suspension and it got me wondering what's actually going on in the league and why players kind of trusting men that they should do a better job of trusting or not. I, I thought that was very interesting to kind of, you know, say bye to you guys to uh, these multi-million dollar players are slipping on who they allow around them and, and what's going into their body. I'm joining some sports guy Hickman. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at locked on Texans and like us on Facebook as well. Give me a follow and shout me out. I am at some sports guy on Twitter. Have a lot of fun talking about sports, movies. HBO Max and Warner Brothers have pissed off a lot of high-ranking actors. I'm not really, I don't really care. 
we get movies next year. So the slate that they have laid out with Warner Brothers and HBO Max, and I pay for HBO Max. I don't use nobody else's. I pay for my subscription. I'm ready to see all these movies next year. So I don't care about these actors. We're talking to them about sports, movies, music, the whole nine. I'm here for that. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please be sure to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.